and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuscan Shared Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic Star Trek show, Deep Space Nine. With me, as always, on this lovely, lovely journey is Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? I'm doing pretty damn good, actually. Thank you for asking. And I know my other co-host is doing very well because she just saw certain episode of a certain tv show that she's fangirling over it's sarah becker indeed i was going to bring it up if you weren't ben everyone should go watch black mirror it's great particularly season three episode four san junipero it's wonderful it will give you all the good feelings yeah sarah basically yes, got I... her life from that episode so she's yes. like this, this episode has has healed 2016 for me, almost. I mean, not entirely, but it helps. C- it gives me hope it. for a future. Certain parts of it, it, it has definitely helped with. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, this will probably be coming out long after this has dropped uh, on Netflix. It's just now dropped when we're recording. But uh, if you somehow missed everyone fangirling about this months ago when we were recording... Please go back and watch it. It's it's really, really, really good episode. And not, uh, and not just that episode, general, yeah. But, uh, Sorry, go on, sir. Well, no, just just to say that you know the entire show is great. You know, I was I was in love with with Black Mirror long before San Junipero dropped, but this will just make me you know shout it from all of the mountaintops that it's great and you should watch it. Yeah, I was very worried during it because uh, it was going in a direction that I was like, oh no. Me too. This goes the way I think it is. Sarah's going to be so mad. That's true. Yes. And even, you know, at the very end, I was like watching like through the credits. I was like, please, please. And then it was good. And it was was happy. (laughs) Indeed. Well, uh, definitely check out our uh, Black Mirror episode of Movie Gang Podcast, which may or may not happen, but I'm going to try to make it happen. Oh, it should definitely happen. If it's just you and me, Ben, we will record an episode about it. we could talk about it. It may just be an hour of us talking about Great San Junipero. It may be. Spoilers. But, Worth uh, it. That could fine. be an we'll, evergreen we'll briefly... episode for movie game. Oh, yeah, that's true. We could, <laughs> yeah. we could do an evergreen episode. That works. I think we should. I think we should. It's an interesting enough show to talk about. And... Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> Black Mirror's great. Go watch it. But we're here to talk about Deep Space Nine. And I think we had a two, two interesting episodes that are interesting to talk about. So, this week, we watched Season 2, Episode 16 and Episode 17, which is Shadow Play and Plain God, respectively. So first up is Shadow Play. In this particular episode, Dax and Odo discover a particle field emanating from a planet. When they get down there, they find a very small uh, village that's sort of surrounded by this one sort of power generator. And they are greeted by this uh, very kindly, uh, very cute, uh, bumbling sort of sheriff named Coilus. Coilus explains that the village uh, has been experiencing disappearances. Uh, Over 22 people have disappeared. He initially thinks that they are responsible, but they quickly solve that. And Odo, being the uh, crafty investigator that we know him to be, decides to investigate this situation. The next day, when Odo talks to a young child named Taya, whose mother disappeared recently, they have a nice little bond over being orphans, and Taya reveals that uh, the villagers say they never leave the village, that it's sort of forbidden to leave the area around the village, uh, but nobody really kind of understands why. When Odo and Dax go out to the edge of the village, they discover that Taya is in fact a hologram that when she leaves this edge of the village she straight up disappears they begin to wonder what's going on by this in particular they're wondering why the village leader Rurigan seems to not be so interested in the fact that uh, people are disappearing and seems kind of wily and shy about it eventually it is revealed that Rurigan lived on the planet Yadera Prime uh, this is a Yadaran colony that we're at. And Yadara Prime was taken over by the Dominion. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, Always popping up. again. It's happening. Um, that the Dominion sort of destroyed his life. He escaped from there. Ended up on this deserted planet and decided to basically create a holographic recreation of his life. But the holograms sort of have their own computer program. It almost feels like a Black Mirror episode in that way. Where it's, I was uh, thinking these... that, Ben. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, 
they they have their own consciousness they're allowed to basically breed in a sense so there there are computer programs um odo and dax reveal to the people that they are in fact this but rur gran uh tells them to not tell them he's in fact human he wants to live as if he was also a hologram and he tells them this because they have to reset the program which could possibly kill them all but they do reset the program everyone comes back they accept that they're holograms and that while their life is very strange it is a life and it is worth living so rurigan uh maintains living there on the planet uh secret among everyone else and living out his life because he wants to just live his life and be just kind of just wants to go back to what he used to have and then odo and dax leave and uh yeah, we get to just see Odo say farewell to Taya. So what do we think of Shadowplay? I really liked it. I thought that was a good twist there at the end. I mean, once Taya sort of, you know, began to disappear when she stuck her arm outside of the force field, I did kind of figure it out. I was like, oh, well, that must be that big generator thing. You know, they're right, not same. real sort of thing. Uh, but they, they did a good job of keeping up the mystery up to that point. And uh, actually, that little girl, Taya, made an appearance in a Next Gen episode. I forget the name of the episode, but um, there's a little girl who has an imaginary friend. And uh, I don't remember if, if Taya is a little girl or if she's the friend. It's called, uh, the episode is in fact called Imaginary Friend. Well, there you go. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, and she was also in um, a film that I guess came out either when we were kids or maybe in like the mid to late 80s called Heidi. And yes, she was the little girl, Heidi. And I know yes, I have I, that I movie have on VHS, Heidi. and I know I've watched it, but for the life of me, I don't really remember very much of it. So now I'll have to go back and see little Taylor, Taya playing little Heidi. Did you know, in fact, that uh, it's not this film, but uh, it's a quick trivia fact that there was a t- another TV movie of the film, the novel Heidi, that uh, interrupted a famous football game. And right at the end of the football game, like they won like some crazy defeat, even though it looked like they were going to lose. And because of that, they created this thing called the Heidi rule, which means that uh, sports can never be disrupted no matter what. Oh, dear. (laughs) Whatever is programmed afterwards cannot be has to be pushed back, even if the game goes on forever. And that's always pissed me off because, you know, I'll be sitting there trying to watch my weekly scheduled programming and some stupid ass football game will come in and replace whatever i'm supposed to be watching and i'm like no i'm supposed to be watching my show i don't care about football (laughs) i realize a lot of people do care about football i'm just not one of them well that's fair i care uh, about both to to quickly get back before we get back to the episode uh just to mention actors again uh running theme through this show is us discovering that everyone who's been involved in our childhood is in the show and i think as of now kenneth mars who plays uh the the very cute uh, sheriff might be the winner because uh, he was because first off he was in two of the most famous Mel Brooks movies he was the crazy playwright and the producers and he was the uh, police captain in Young Frankenstein then no way I watched Young Frankenstein last night that's crazy yeah he's the guy with the wooden arm yes oh it gets weirder folks he's just King triton from the little mermaid are you oh shitting my goodness. me oh my god and littlefoot's grandfather what no what no and Prof- esther screw eyes from we're back a dinosaur oh, oh my god. god i had no idea all of these people were the same person this... kenneth mars was what? our child <laughs> oh my jesus god. christ <laughs> yeah and i oh, saw yeah, that here I it is. Like... The, the first paragraph on his uh his memory alpha page is all of the things you just said. That it's is crazy. Insane. <laughs> Inspector Kemp. Yeah, he was just every part of my childhood. <laughs> like every single part. Yeah, he basically wins. Yeah, he, so I think he wins so far. Like, holy shit. I mean, I mean, certainly, uh, uh, Wallace Shawn wins in a certain respect because he's just but he's also wallace sean i oh, never yeah. i knew wallace sean before the show kenneth Morris, i yeah. never heard of and i'm like thank you kenneth thank you for everything <laughs> all right so anyways now we're done fan about that but it's a good thing to fangirl about uh 
Yeah, I really like this episode too. Like I said, it reminded me a lot of of a Black Mirror episode, though again in a a more Star Trekky, somewhat positive way. I think it's just a really beautiful idea again of uh, of doing this thing where it's like, well, I can't ever go home, so why don't I just recreate home? Right. And I like that he wasn't malicious. So, you know, like a lot of ones would be like there would be tyrannical overlords. We saw that with Paradise recently, you know, or something like that. He just he just wanted to be a normal person in the society and just live his the rest of his life with his old families essentially which i thought was really sweet peter what did you think of this episode sorry yeah i know i've been kind of quiet no i i no, i agree like it, 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 it was it was it was it was sweet to me how how, how everything played out where especially especially when um when, when odo was asking him like and he was talking to me he was like they are like they they are they are real to you you have lived here for 30 years they yes like yeah, i guess they're holograms but you love them because you have watched them grow you have lived with them and it's and and at, and at, and at the end of the day he was like yeah i, I know i'm dying but th- but this is at, at, at this point in my life now this is where i belong so yes I, I so so yes i am totally cool with being surrounded by people who don't necessarily exist but to me they do it was a very interesting take on totally, a coping yeah. it was a very interesting take on 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 like on, on, on coping with the lot with the loss of of his own of his, of his own his own his own home world god i can't talk today i'm sorry yeah it's a very <laughs> literal manifestation of you know when you you see in movies when somebody dies and a person is grieving and a common um, you know, response to that as well. They're alive in your heart and they're alive in your mind. And in this case, they're alive because of their holograms. Yeah. Now. Right. And also, yeah, it's just great that he allowed it to not even just like replay the hits or whatever. He allowed it to basically create its own version of life. That's true. Yeah. And that if two people maybe in the original version fell in love with two different people, he was fine with that and see what that created and see what kind of new children they made and all those sort of things which i thought was was very beautiful it's not just sort of this loop it's like a it's a living breathing not breathing it's a living not breathing uh (laughs) situation which i think is is very interesting Mm -hmm. i mean certainly there's like you wonder if they're made of light how he is like survive like do they know that he's eating real food or you know going to the bathroom or something like (laughs) that i did wonder about that too it's science fiction you know you have to like let it go at some points but Mm -hmm. i'm sure we all were like sometimes like but how did he? But when did? But when did he? Do right. That? It's like it's like oh, if if they aren't able to go outside, like you know, the village, where are they getting all of their stuff? <laughs> yeah, they I feel have like everything have just, they like, need. A supply of real food. Yeah, I feel like they have a supply of like uh, digital food, and he has like all the real food that he'll need for the rest of his life. That's right. like kind of how I had canned it at least. What do you think of Odo's relationship with Taya? sort of a through line to this episode well, i thought that was very sweet and especially um, he uh well at, at first she's like you know changelings aren't real and you know if they are why don't you change into something and you know if you if you why won't you do it because wouldn't that make people like you and think you're so cool and he talks about how you know when he was first making contact with i'm gonna assume the bajorans um, people would tell him to turn into stuff like as a party trick, and they, but they didn't really care about him or respect him. They just wanted to see him do something they couldn't do. Um, but then at the end, he realizes it would bring her joy, so he turns into her little spinning top toy, and it's very cute. Aww, it, was, <laughs> it was pretty, very it was nice, pretty, and pretty that, super cute. Yeah, and I think it's like a nice moment for Odo because like you can, I would probably guess it's like the first time he's done like quote unquote a party trick style and change you know all of his changes have been more strategic in a sense mm-hmm. and this is just i think it's probably one i wouldn't be surprised his first change since he left his his, his quote-unquote father's place you know to do sort of a, a a change just for pure amusement which i thought was really sweet mm-hmm. i think it shows a nice bit of odo progression and, and i and i think i i think I think I think when he when he changed this time, it, it was kind of elevated from simple party trick because because before because before they were like do this now do this now do this, but but with but with Taya there was like actual like genuine curiosity and amusement and and sincerity about about 
about her with with who, with who she with who she was and like and the and the and the the, lo- the little friendship that that they that they were developing over over the course of the episode so it wasn't so it it was more like 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 it was like I said it was it was more it was more genuine her like her asking why don't you why don't you do this why don't you that like like whenever whenever you're talking to a child and and, and you're and you're telling them telling them about, about about you know different things that you do and they just have questions that they shoot at you be like well, what about this what about this what about that that's kind of where, uh, 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 what uh what what Taya was for for Odo so I, th- I think he was more willing and I think he was more 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 willing to. To, to change to change into something because he was appreciative appreciative of her sincerity rather rather than it rather than it being someone who was poking and prodding him just trying try, just trying to test his limits and see what he could do no totally I, I totally agree with that that uh, she kind of took down his barriers by her her honesty where she like straight up sees him and he's like you look weird yeah <laughs> you know mm-hmm. he's like I'm not the best at making faces like this is it's as good as I can get it, you know. I remember really thinking during this episode, particularly after that line where he says, "I'm not good at doing faces." I didn't really think about how much like makeup and prosthetics that Renee Aubergenois is, you know, wears yeah. during this show. And yeah. I was thinking, wow, he's still really good at acting and emoting, even all through all of the, you know, facial coverage that he's got. It's all in the eyes. Just think about mm-hmm. the fact he doesn't have eyebrows. Think of how yeah. many things you do with eyebrows. Yeah. I think that's what I was thinking. It's like he, he can't like wrinkle his forehead or make any emotion, you know, from the eyebrows up. You know, yeah, so it's all... Especially compared to like our last uh, sort of like non-human like with uh, with Data where he had very prominent eyebrows. And was oh, sure. Oh, my God, style, yes. You know? And so, and so that, and so that, that's that's the, that's the point as an actor where you, where you have to figure out okay, there are there 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 are now limitations that I have as far as far as far as emoting, whatever, what other things can what other things what like what other gestures can I can 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 I make to to convey like you know confusion or surprise or anger or happiness so 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 it could be so it could be like the tilt of the head it could be the wide the widening of the eyes it could be it, it could be like it, it, it could be like like a, like i don't know just a, a myriad of things and it's 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 thinking about it now it's impressive how he has been able to do all of that even though he like 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 we, like we've said his face is pretty much covered totally and he's got this very interesting sheen uh sarah the first thing i noticed was like sort of in the middle of season one was like oh his ears is yeah. the first thing i noticed were like his ears don't have ridges mm-hmm. and like that's a big part of human looking and i remember a documentary once where someone was like it's the ears like they're, they're the most recognizable weirdly in a thing part of humanity it's like everyone's ears look different and they're the one thing you can never really change it's like why movies always weirdly don't work for a when people pretend to be different actors and when they're younger because mm-hmm. there's always that weird visual thing with the ears and it's interesting because this is more like just a straight blob you know they're yeah. just like a the the shape of an ear but none of the definition of one right he reminds me a lot of um the engineers from prometheus who kind of look like blank versions of people which is very interesting where they're like they look like people but they have none of the definition of a person and i think it's a very interesting thing they're kind of going for here as well where it's like he's close but he just to do that kind of definition is probably just too hard, you know. It requires too much concentration, or he just hasn't mastered it, or whatever yet. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder if he could. I'm, I'm curious if we'll ever see Odo fully defined, aka an episode where <laughs> Renee didn't want to put on all the <laughs> right. prosthetics <laughs> and just have his normal face, <laughs> right? <laughs> And I mean, it doesn't obscure like all of his facial features. Like I looked at a picture of the actor, you know, without makeup, and I can tell. Like I look at him and like, oh yeah, that's Odo, of course. And it may just be the eyes or something. Right. I don't know, but um, yeah, it, it does do enough that he is wearing at least a partial mask throughout the whole show. Absolutely, absolutely. And you're right. Yeah, I'm just like looking at the two actors right now on uh, on Wikipedia. Like you said, it's more like this kind of weird, over smooth. Like if you put too much um, uh, airbrush on mm-hmm. like a photo, right? Yeah, you know, it just kind of removes so much definition that it looks inhuman at a certain point. Mm-hmm. It's very good at like going directly for that uncanny valley thing, which I think is very interesting. Mm-hmm. 
I remember when I got my senior pictures done in high school, I, uh, I have a little mole on my chin. I've always had it, it's not very noticeable, but they airbrushed it out of the photos. I guess they thought it was like a pimple or something. And I remember looking at it, I'm like, why do I look so weird? You know, right, and right. then I realized it's like, oh, my mole is gone. And it's, mm. you know, just little things like that really can change the, you know, facial makeup of a person. Yeah, I heard an interesting thing about that these scientists created a way to look at your reflection, um, like reversed in like the actual way instead of reversed. Mm-hmm. And it freaks people out because they're so used to seeing their face move through a mirror. Yeah. So they see it how everyone else sees it. it oh, no. So no. Can... <laughs> <laughs> trip me out. <clears throat> now, this episode also did have a very, very important character moment. Uh, on a subplot that we have to talk about, which is, of course, that uh, little Jake Sisko doesn't want to go to Starfleet. Mm-hmm. That's, of course, the biggest character yeah. moment of this episode, right? Uh, we could talk about that, but let's, of course, talk about uh, Vedic Burial and uh, Kira. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. How uh, we feel about this? I, feel I was literally wrong. sitting there when they were, like, you know, both holding the plate. Or whatever, like now kiss, right? Just now like, kiss. like, just like do, like do it, do it. Like I, 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 I start, I, I started humming, I started humming like, like very quietly to myself while, while while watching watching the episode "Kiss the Girl" from Little Mermaid. I was like, yes. la, 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 la. like come on, like, <laughs> like, like you know you want to, you need to do it. And see, Peter, I think that's the difference between us. You were humming Little Mermaid. I was humming the, you know, let's get it on. <laughs> yes you are too pure peter in that moment i was too pure other moments not so much (laughs) so do you approve this moment sarah absolutely kira and dax well yeah i mean i I ship kira and dax that doesn't mean i don't want kira to be happy fair yeah fair enough it's a very interesting, yeah, romance. Uh, they they get sort of uh, unfortunately cock blocked by Quark of all things, you know. Obviously. Well, yes and no. I mean, it, like Kira realizes she has to take care of something with Quark, but it's like you could have done other things before you went to go find <laughs> Let's Quark. Let's be efficient here. <laughs> Priorities, Kira. Come on. <laughs> that, that was casually. I mean, I mean, blue I, balling Vedic Burial. You know, I mean, I mean, it's it's not it's not like she le- it's not like she left him like left him there and like and 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 didn't go back because 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 after she after she confronts Quirk she she then she then walks back to him then walks back to Vedic. I know. Yeah, she walks back to Vedic. And she's like, okay, now she's like, okay, now let's go do our thing. I just I just I just had to go show him and prove to him I'm watching you and I know that you're a dick, but so you know whatever. That's true. She did, you know, put her job first, which is what she should do. But all, but all, but also, you know, for good for good reason to just gloat at gloat, gloat at Quirk. Me like, see, I can catch you. One day mm. I will watch your back. Doesn't matter what sort of <laughs> distractions you send my way. Because Quirk was re- partially responsible for getting Vedic Burial on the ship was to keep Kira out of the way while he did yeah. this, you know, black market trade or whatever the fuck. Yes. <laughs> Which is very hilarious. The cork knows <laughs> those little yes. things. Like, hmm, <laughs> I'm gonna ship them, and they're gonna be real busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I love. I love that cork is starting to outsmart people in very interesting ways. Which I think is very funny. And like, so now, so now we know, yes, now we know uh, who cork. Now we know who cork has in mind as 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 one, as one of his OTPs. Yes. <laughs> So yes, the other B plot, like I mentioned, or C plot rather, is that uh, uh, Jake uh, ends up spending some time with O'Brien um, because, or to at least, I forget exactly the reasons, but to basically advance him closer to getting to Starfleet, but he doesn't really quite enjoy it, and he reels to and his, his dad. And his dad wants him to get a job. Yeah, he's yeah, yes. and needs a job. <laughs> classic dad. Yep. Classic, job, classic please. parent. Yes. Just like any parent, really. In, 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 and Cor- and Jake wants to work, of course, at uh, Quark's. So he can hang out with mm-hmm. his buddy Rom. Yes, and the Dabo girl, so we'll mention. Oh, that's Nog. right. Nog, yeah. sorry. Damn it, Ben. Nog, oh, 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 I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, so what do we think of the little uh, little side plot with Jake here in this episode? I'm happy it happened, actually, because... Be, 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 because in 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 any star trek tv show or movie like, like 
the 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 the, 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 the characters that we interact with who who are, who are who are part of Starfleet, they are people who grew up wanting to do that. It was their everything. It was their dream. It was their goal. And so and, and so and so here and so here we are presented with like with like like kind of the 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 the, 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 the classic situation of of. Dad, uh, dad, dad was a football. Dad was football star in, in football star in high school and or college. Dad has son. Dad wants son to do the same thing. Son doesn't want to do it. How is dad going to react? Yeah, and I, and I like that too, Lisa. His Benjamin's uh, reaction was very nice. You could tell he's disappointed and that he right. wanted this thing for his son, but he wants his son to be happy. And that's more importantly, and that's right. what matters. Yes, and which is a similar thing in the next episode, which is. Not the direction Jake seems to be starting to do this thing of not the direction Benjamin necessarily wants, but you know he wants his son to be happy more than anything, and mm-hmm. uh, as long as he's not hurt, he believes in him, which I, I like. I like yeah. about this episode. And I'll be interested to see where all of this goes. Like, I mean, he announced that he doesn't want to go to Starfleet in season two, and there's what seven seasons? Yeah, in we the have show? five seasons left. Yeah. Yes, I imagine he'll get a job. A and I'm really interested to see him. what what sort of job he goes into because, as you said, Peter, you know, everyone we see on the show that's in Starfleet has, you know, been interested in it for their whole lives and they're very committed to it and everything. But also, we see very few people affiliated with Earth who aren't in Starfleet. Right. So it will be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, there's people who are not. There's probably, you know, billions of people on earth in the star trek future who are not in starfleet we just never see them right because that because you know as is the nature of the show they're they are just quite frankly not the focus yeah no and i think it's it'll be very interesting to follow jake's uh career sorry for my dog barking uh it'll be interesting to follow jake's life because he's in a very we're gonna follow him in a very interesting time in anyone's life it's like he's what like 16 in the first season yeah very very formative years so, yeah, so I think actually math, they mention in uh, in this episode that he's fifteen. Really, and this that is young. yeah wow. season two. So we right, so he's going to be in his early twenties by the end of yeah, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we that's, get to that's a huge, huge. Change. Yeah, we get to yeah, watch him grow up life. literally. Yeah, so I think that's going to be very interesting to to follow, and why I'm I'm curious about Jake in the future. I think I mentioned in season one uh, in the pilot about how interesting it is that we get to follow this guy. He's a, he is a main character. He's listed in the credits of every episode, even though he seems to be the one who gets the least of anybody who's credited in the episode. So I'm curious as we go along, maybe they write more stories for Jake, what that's going to mean in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. And like I said, you know, what is, what, what is the future of people who don't want to be in Starfleet, but want to be part of this world, you know, going to be, because you're right. We spent three, two shows where it's like Starfleet, Starfleet, Starfleet. But Deep Space Nine kind of gives you that openness of like there are bartenders and there are tailors and there are right. shippers and all kinds of stuff, you know. And and even and, and, and even and even the even the children of even the children of, of, of people who are in Starfleet who have very prominent positions they don't want to do Starfleet like like it it it, it reminded it reminded me reminded me of, of when of when I graduated from high school, and and so and so I, I had I had more more than a few family more than a few family members uh, asking me not not like in a forcing way but but um thankfully but 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 just but just more curious they 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 asked me two questions a are you going to go are you going to go into the army because because my dad served my mom did before she resigned my granddad did um my, uh mm-hmm. some 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 of my some of my cousins they they served whether it was the army or the navy or air force marines whatever and 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 I, and it, and, and and when I when I told when I told them no, it just wasn't for me. Thankfully, 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 they were like, okay, you know, cool. And then and then the second question they asked me was was are you are you going to go to Morehouse College in Atlanta because because that is my dad and my and my uncle's uh, alma mater and and it and it is and it is a well known HBCU. Once 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 again, thankfully, when I said no, they weren't like disappointed or like why not. But they, but it, but it it's just kind of like. It's 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 some it's something that it's something that you that you know every now every now and then will happen. Some someone may someone may end up asking you, are you going to do this thing that other fam- other family members, in- including maybe your parents, have done simply because they did it? And you know it's, and you know and you know ho- hopefully hopefully when you give one answer or the other, people are okay with it. No, totally. There's uh, I always for a long time felt bad that me and my brother were uh, liberal arts kids of a bunch of scientist parents, <laughs> you know, uh, my dad's a geologist and my mom is, uh, uh, was a social worker and now is a nurse. And, uh, my dad just told me one day, you know, look, 
we made all this money and we only spend so much on us and we want to spend on you so it's like we want to like help your career you know what i mean so i think i think that kind of parent thing that is very beautiful which i'm glad the show is doing which i there are certainly parents like the ones we see in movies that are like no you must do this and i'm disappointed in you it's not to say those don't exist but i think when we only see that i think it gives a bad view of parents and then there are parents out there mm-hmm. like benjamin cisco like my dad who are like well maybe i wanted scientist but you know i'll take x you know whatever you're going to be right and as long as you're happy and as long as you matter to yourself or you're happy in your life or something like that it's it means a lot. So it's like, thank you again. Representation. Like we said, mm-hmm. reputation of all kinds matters. It does. You know, including good, good dads. Yeah. Yeah. My mom always uh, said to me, you know, I want you to be happy and I want you to be able to support yourself. If you can do those two things, do what you want. Right. So uh, it was, I, I mean, I will say when I was in high school and I was like, well, I want to, you know, I want to study music and do that. She's like, no, you need to get a day job. Um, but then I ended up majoring in music anyway. And she, you know, never forced me not to do that for any reason. I, I think she, she was mostly concerned about, again, me being able to support myself. Right. So, we got we got deep on this episode. Right? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> yeah, they, they they managed to get a lot of plots and subplots into this shit. Yeah, I'm surprised this episode's really good. And usually with the ones that are like three subplots, I'd be like, ooh, crowded. But this one really had it worked yeah. out well. Yeah. I think the main plot was so interesting, and the other two were very nice kind of character yeah. moments. You mm-hmm. know, very good episode. All right, net. Are we anything else to say about Shadow Play? We we said a lot. I, but... Yeah, I think we kind of said it all. So I think we're good. <laughs> All right. Well, next up is Plain God. A uh, bit of an intense title for a, for a pretty mostly cute episode, but uh, we will discuss it. In this episode, a young Trill uh, arrives on the station. He's to be a prospect with Jadzia Dax. But we discovered that despite the fact that we love good old Jadzia, he's not as excited as we might think. Because apparently the Dax hosts, particularly Curzon, were known for being very good at washing out uh, initiates um so he arrives on the station and he the young trill named arjun he arrives on the station and is somewhat surprised to see that jedzia is not quite what he expects from a joint at trill. all he sees her hanging out with all the ferengi dudes in the uh in the uh a bar playing the what is that game that they could play and i forget the name of it it's not um, dabo it's the other one i forget uh tongo yeah Tongo, yeah, which is an interesting mix of card game and Risk, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting strategy game. Um, so he's sort of surprised by that. Uh, Dax starts to get to know Arjun. He doesn't really seem to have much direction in his life. It seems like he was sort of pressured by his father to, uh, speaking of fathers, mm-hmm. uh, to sort of become a joined trill, if that's what he's supposed to mean in his life, but he doesn't really feel anything or really have any desires which of course means dax doesn't really view very kindly on him but we also learned that dax is sort of struggling with this initiate thing because we sort of learn a little bit more about jedzia which is that when she was an initiate she actually got washed out by Curzon himself uh but she uh if i recall this correctly she basically stormed into a meeting of join trill and convinced him that Curzon was unfair to basically kick her out and then Later on, when she was agreed to be joined, she decided to join with Curzon, which Curzon agreed because, quote, Curzon always loved that kind of weird, dark sense of humor <laughs> that uh, he had. And, of course, probably had some sort of a deeper respect for Jedzia. So she's sort of struggling with this very interesting idea of, like, sort of past life, previous life, that the Trill stuff always gives us great uh, sort of things to chew over. Um, but she ultimately feels that maybe uh, Arjun isn't quite right, that he just doesn't have enough direction or spunk or drive to be it, and they sort of get in an argument about this. Meanwhile, uh, wouldn't you know it, Chief O'Brien, uh, or rather Dex and Arjun, bring in uh, a pesky other universe. Don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> <laughs> just drag in an other universe from outside Every other week. into your space station. Uh, yes, they discovered this mass is in fact a proto-universe that is just starting out. They decide that the easiest thing is to destroy it, but when they discover that there are signs of life inside, that they decide that it is too genocidal to destroy an entire universe. But the expansion of the universe means that uh, it could very easily destroy the own universe, which is not good. So they decide the best course of action is to take it to take it 
into the wormhole or to the other side of the wormhole? It wasn't quite clear. Other side of it. Other side of the wormhole where it can have its own space to grow and be a universe and not destroy ours. Uh, So, while they are getting that together, it gets to a point where it looks like it's going to be unable to uh, get the proto-universe to the other side because it's becoming unstable, but Arjun uh, does a quick cool maneuver with the runabout and uh, manages to save the day and save the universe which uh, leads to Dedzia giving him a positive recommendation for the trope program so what do we think of playing god i found this episode a little bit harder to follow Same. to be honest there was a lot going on yeah yeah there was like i forgot to mention the voles yes yeah. <laughs> the weird voles. mutated sphinx cat things which ended up just only mattering enough to release the proto-universe kind yeah. of yeah yeah yeah, this wasn't my favorite. So there's some interesting stuff with Dax, especially the Curzon stuff. But mm-hmm. This episode was just was was a lot of jumbled mess for me. Yeah, this this felt like a thing where they packed in too much and it didn't work. Right. Yeah, well, the last one was a little more streamlined, had a good arc, and then good character moments. It was like this had one good character moment and just an arc that didn't really make a whole lot of sense compared yeah. with a lot of yeah. Do you feel about the same, Peter? Yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of just jumbled to me. Like, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. It was, it was, it was nice. It was nice hearing like like Dax, Dax talk about her experience, about her experience, uh, in, 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 uh, in trying to. God, I can't talk today. I'm so sorry. It was it was nice it was nice hearing her hearing her elaborate some more on her on her experience as a as a trill initiate. So I mean so that so that was nice and like any any and her and her elaborating on like you know yes I'm not Curzon I I'm I'm not Curzon I'm I'm Jadzia this is the kind of stuff that I just do sorry like like you're like you're not getting the experience that you thought you were necessarily but past that it's like eh, we're trudging along a little bit there was there was a part of the episode where you know um arjun and dax get into that really big fight and he yells at her and then storms off and then jadzia goes and does something with the proto universe or whatever and then it cuts to a scene where arjun is in quark's bar getting shit-faced uh but up to that point between the fight and the bar i'd forgotten about him right and so they came back, and I was like, "Oh yeah, he's he's the reason this episode is happening." Like this yes. is a, like right. that's a that thing guy. that's happening right now. Okay, right. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, I could I could totally see that for sure. Yeah, I remember when I turned on the episode, uh, I started like 15 minutes, and I got sleepy, and I went to bed, and came back, and watched the rest. And oh my god, I had forgotten that Arjun was even. In the <laughs> Uh, that's that's sorry, why Richard. she she wasn't going to recommend him for for the joining. He was he didn't forgettable. Have a strong enough personality. He, he was just forgettable. He was, to quote TNG, he was blue suit Picard. You oh know? my god! Oh, yes, man. Uh, he's a decent person, but not uh, not person you really remember very uh, very yeah. vividly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, even I mean, even with his outburst against Jadzia when he when he when he yelled at her when he yelled at her like you know the like the first time he was actually honest. It's like even then, like that action just felt so out of place. It's like. Like I, I I honestly almost laughed because I was like this because because I was like okay with you and your character and your and your and like your character's personality, this just seems comical to me ra- ra- rather than you standing up for yourself. I'm sorry. Right, and I didn't feel like at the end he like earned a, necessarily a trill of it. Like he did a good thing, but it's like he. I thought it would go for a more interesting thing, which is like him accepting that it's okay to not be joined, which might be interesting because we saw an episode of of. A person who was rejected and what does that mean to a person who wanted it mm-hmm. and i think it'd be interesting to see a re- reverse where it's like oh trill who just doesn't want it you know uh doesn't sort of want the thing that supposedly every trill would want uh, but no it's like oh, okay he just kind of sort of did a thing that was cool yeah um yeah i think it's just a thing about this episode but again i think the thing that works is just i liked a lot of the dax moments i think it's why it's more memorable for sure. stuff because it's just really Dex lives the way I want to live. She's really cool. I know. She yeah. Just, she just like hangs out with dudes. And, She's like, like, I'm the cool dad. Has really great moments. Co- she goes to like a Klingon bar and he's like her greatest friend. He's like so sweet to her. And, she like, taught him just... an opera. That he didn't <laughs> yeah, like know. Like, she... Yeah, she knows like obscure Klingon opera. <laughs> like, she's the coolest fucking person. God, I love her so much. But actually, also, yeah. can, also, 
first it was Ben, then it was me, then it was Sarah, like watching it and realizing and, and, and seeing <laughs> Jadzia and a towel. Jadzia and a towel. That was a thing. <laughs> Terry this Farrell, was, uh, beautiful woman. This, if this premiered today, that would be all over the Tumblr. Like, yeah, it absolutely would. Like, just like, that gif over and over like, again. Ja- like Jadzia walking out of her bathroom in a towel, letting a guy, letting a guy who clearly stayed the night out, and she's uh-huh. like, and it's just, oh, that was yeah. Awesome. When that happened, yeah. when that happened, I was like, yes, I was so she, happy. She, she was just like arguing, like, what? Yeah, I fucked it's that. Like, guy. yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> I'm not gonna see him again. I don't care. Um, yeah, there was a good quirk line too, where he's like, "You're drinking over Dax." Yeah, so is uh, uh, Bashir. Over he's there. Over that was so funny. Night. Like, twenty other people. Like, welcome to the We're club, like, buddy. Like, even but more. To, like, call up, God bless him. But but to call up Bashir specifically, it was just like quirk. Like, throw shade. Don't he cut knows. his lights out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this two episode shows a quirk knows he's he he's got like a shipper like you know manifesto he knows a shipper manifesto you know? yes like, he's he's following he is a very it. observant oh, yeah. bartender uh-huh. yeah he's he's he makes him a good bartender you're right absolutely i've uh i've been oh, going he, there was a good uh quirk uh sorry real quick there's a good uh another uh rule of acquisition which was don't sleep yes. with the boss's sister yes <laughs> that is a very important rule of acquisition which also has to explain why Quark, who's so crafty and seems to be one of the more crafty uh, uh, Ferengi around, has ended up in sort of this outpost, which is that he was uh, exiled from for me trying to sleep with the, what do you say, like Subnagus or something like that? Something like that. I, something like that, yeah. Some important Ferengi's uh, sister. Don't do it. Don't do it, guys. Mm-hmm. It's a bad move. Uh, what do we think about, uh, like I said, we also had a nice little moment with... Uh, with Jake, where he confides to his dad that he's in love with the Dabo girl. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my God! Heart. Uh, <laughs> poor child. Poor child. <laughs> I did like another good moment where he's just like, "Ah, uh, all right, I'll meet her." Uh, does it have to be a Dabo girl? <laughs> Can it be anyone else? Like anyone no, else? No, no slut shaming, Benjamin. None of that. <laughs> well, it seemed like he was more upset. That she was older. I think oh, he was okay. more concerned that she was right. like, like twice his age. Yeah, he's like, how old is she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I agree. It's just uh, this is, it was a good episode for the Jedzia moments. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, I think yeah, I think the most interesting thing was the Curzon stuff. Like, yeah. It was very interesting that we sort of learned that, that Dax had this real sort of frustration with Curzon, which is very interesting that, you know, you now know his life a little bit but don't you know it's a mm-hmm. sort of interesting thing where it's like i can't imagine being like becoming a person i was like contentious with it's a very interesting i mean plot. if you want to get really really like psychological with it this may be taking it too far and i'm overanalyzing now over analyze i love it uh Do in it. a way i can kind of see it as sort of like a father figure situation. I mean, Curzon mm-hmm. Dax was obviously not Jadzia Dax's father, right. but he is, you know, at least, you know, they, they they shared a symbiont. You know, part of them is the same genetic makeup. And obviously Jadzia is going to bring her own personality to the, to the mix, but Dax is still in there. And so it's kind of like, you know, people say they they do where they don't want to grow up to become like their parents. And in this case, you know, Jadzia not liking Curzon. But then, you know, by the very nature of joining with the Dax symbiont, she does share that little bit of of Curzon Dax. And I don't know, it's just, that's some weird daddy issues psychology (laughs) in there. It it is. I mean, it's the weirdest thing about uh, and the fascinating thing about trills, they can stand in for a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and probably the most sort of obvious would be sort of transgender humans, but yes. You know, yes. for so many, so many other things, <laughs> because it is, it is a very transhumanist idea, you know, it is sort of an idea that uh, I think a lot of transhumanists believe, like, can we, if we could move to new bodies, what would that mean for our future? I love the, the trill episode of Next Gen where Dr. Crusher falls in love with the Trill and then the uh, the host die or yeah, the host body dies and the symbiont gets placed into a woman. 
and Dr. Crusher's mm. like, I'm just not there yet. And I was like, no. <laughs> it was so sad for me. But it, oh, you know, that, that yeah. you know, I think that was the first time in the Star Trek universe that we were introduced to the Trill species. And uh, yes. I'm yes. really glad they brought it back so we can explore that in much greater detail. It's going to be good. No, it's it's a great... Again, it's one thing really nice about East Space Nine is taking a lot of the best stuff from from uh, Next Gen. Mm-hmm. Except for they... Frankies, who were kind of the worst stuff for the early Next Gen and mm-hmm. have become so much better in East yeah. Space Nine. You know, they finally figured them out, which is sort of interesting. It's sort of the reverse, but they, they took so many great stuff from that. Mm-hmm. By the way, I keep seeing just as like extra characters on Deep Space Nine. I don't remember the name of the species of aliens, but the ones who like were really stupid, but they like took technology from other um, civilizations that maybe they weren't intellectually ready for, but and they like kidnapped Jordy at one point and like make us strong. Oh yeah, 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 like yeah. That. I keep seeing them on Deep Space Nine. I didn't realize and, like, that. They never oh, really? talked in the background. To them. Yeah, they just like I think at one point they they might have walked through the door like right before Bashir and Arjun walked in or huh. something, and it's just little <laughs> things like that. They never talk to them or about them. They don't right. have any lines, but they're there, and I recognize. The, the makeup involved and I just, it's interesting. interesting I want them yeah. to bring back what is the name of the episode that I always talk about that's great with the really awesome you know I am female we are not a different species what we oh, do is not yes. different uh, from anything yes. you yeah. do God, I, I can recite the speech but I can't think of the episode or the species yeah no I, I, can't, I, can't, <laughs> I can't think of it either um, God. I want them back Yes, yes, the genderless, the, yes. the purposely genderless species. Mm-hmm. Yes, that would be very interesting. I think it probably were first a one episode thing. I know, but, uh, I know they won't Sa- bring Sarah, it back. But Sarah, Sarah, be... you're, you're thinking about the outcast. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, I, I was, I, I knew it was in like gonna claw at my brain for for a for a good minute. So I was like, let me just look this up real quick. Type, type, type. Thank you, Google. Mm-hmm. Like that get gif of jim carrey typing fur- furiously yes <laughs> the janai <laughs> yes yeah, the janai yes yeah, so we'll have to see if the janai ever come back yeah, they probably won't but that was I think they probably got everything they wanted out of that one episode but i agree it's a very fascinating yes that is in my probably my top two favorite episodes because it's so damn Gen. good not to once again uh, crap on the uh, some of the uh, Star Trek reboot shows, uh, movies, but this is sort of my problem with them redoing stuff, where it's like, that's one thing that's very nice about Star Trek. There's so many good things that can spin off into interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. The Bajorans equally could have just been like a side characters or minor stuff. Definitely the Trill could have been their own episode, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they were definitely written as like, a, oh, what if there's a species where Crusher falls in love with a guy and then she becomes a woman? Because it's the way their species works. I think that was probably the pitch for that episode, you know? Yeah. But then the trill become much more interesting and, and clever and have been used to much more effect. So it's like, we have this whole stuff. Let's, let's use that. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have to keep going back. I love me some Klingons. Con is fun. But, like, let's let's do new stuff. Yeah. This is a great universe and we have a lot to explore in it. Like, we stuff. literally have a universe, so, a, a universe, like, range. Universe-wide range. Let's do it. Oh, my God, guys. You don't even what have to if... new stuff. <laughs> what if the proto universe was the Nero universe and, and oh. with the, the Star Trek Beyond and shit? Oh, I'm on board. <laughs> fan theory. Fan theory. <laughs> fan theory. Throwing fan theory confirmed. <laughs> Head cannon accepted. Head cannon. Fan theory. I love it. All right. Is there anything else to talk about for playing God? Uh, well, what really, in all seriousness, what really did happen to that proto-universe at the end? Because there was that weird thing where they were trying to, like, fly through the wormhole and avoid the Verteron nodes, which haven't been a problem before, but for some reason yeah. they were now for in this instance. And did they just, like, put it back where they found it? I mean, it still puts it in their galaxy, and it's going to yeah, expand. They, like, what happened? Yeah, they put it in their galaxy, but they never mentioned, I guess it's just going to be small like i guess yeah but, or maybe it'll be the size of deep space nine but they also mentioned it didn't they that, am i crazy they mentioned at some point like oh it'll destroy 
Deep Space Nine and then more, and I thought that was the implication. Well, yeah, that's the oh, thing. I thought it was going yeah. to like be continually expanding. So like, yeah, I thought just, too, but they but didn't they kill, kill it. Like so it's still how... expanding. Yeah, I thought that was going to be again another thing where it's like we have to pick, like it's us or them. You know, it's going to destroy the entire universe. But it was they just kind of left it. Yeah. And so I guess it'll just be small. Yeah, that was again a very weird. Decision. I mean, did they make a containment field for it that actually you know stayed? No, I think Small. it was just like on its own. I'm not yeah, sure. Well, here's here's one of the final paragraphs in the Memory Alpha summary for the episode. Um, <clears throat> while traveling through the wormhole, the the containment field, presumably for the mini universe, uh, starts to collapse. Every time they pass through a Verderon node, the field gets weaker. They bring the runabout to a stop and decide to let the containment field fail and fly the runabout through the wormhole without touching any Verderon nodes. This type of precision flying has never been done before, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they get to the Gamma Quadrant. Um, they return the Proto-Universe to where they found it. Jadzia tells Arjun this will look very good on his initiate record, and that's the end it, of it. Yeah. So I guess it's just going to stay small, hopefully. I guess. But universes expand, but maybe since our universe expands, it'll expand at the same rate. I mean, I don't know. This is... But then that will My still, you know, wipe out stuff. I don't know. I It's yes. illogical. It's not good to have a second universe in your universe. I'm just saying. It's not the best. It's not great for quantum physics. That's all I'm saying. No. All right. So is there anything else to mention for playing God? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think, I think right. we're good. All right. Well, next week we have Profit and Loss and Blood Oath. But... Blood Oath has a very interesting twist to it, which is that uh, it features the return of three Klingons from the original series, played by their same actors and playing their same characters, but, you know, 80 or so years in the future when Deep Space Nine takes place. So it's a neat little twist, and because of this, we decided that uh, it'd probably be a good idea that uh, we watch these episodes. Now, five of us is a little bit much for us, so each of us is going to watch one episode for one of the Klingons, because they're all three in their own individual episodes. So, uh, Sarah will be watching The Errand of Mercy, Peter will be watching Trouble with Tribbles, and I will be watching Day of the Dove, and we'll come in and just quickly recap those before the episode and talk about uh, how these uh, Klingons were portrayed in the original show versus the new episode where they all come back together. So, that will be next week, and it should be, uh, should be pretty interesting. I know that... Uh, Another episode, actually, in the future is uh, from the original series is carried over as well. So we're going to be a lot of, a lot of uh, TOS watching in our future. But in the meantime, this has been our episode. I want to thank Peter and Sarah for joining me, as always, on this lovely, lovely journey. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at CPTN underscore Meatshield. We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuscanShed.com. If you like the show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It does help us find new listeners. Until next time, this is the crew of Geek Space Nine signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.